Amanda's been gone, and I was supposed to be taking good care of the vegetable garden while she was gone, and I have been bad. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of October 16th, 2014. It's true, I have been gone. In fact, I had the most wonderful week out in Los Angeles, at specifically Redondo Beach, California, with my, our children and grandchildren and just getting to see soccer games and taekwondo and going to my gym with Wallace and um, just generally visiting with our son, daughter-in-law, and two grandsons, having a wonderful time, not really thinking much about what was going on back home in my garden because I was so careful before I left to um, instruct my assistant farmer-in-chief, <laughs> my dear husband, um, in what to do to harvest what was out there and make use of it and just kind of keep an eye on things. And um, so when I came back two days ago, three days ago, I asked, well, so have you been picking some okra? No. Oh, well, you know what happens to okra when you don't pick it for like a day or two? Um, we'll have a picture, I think, that goes along with this podcast to show how large okra can grow when it's neglected. And we actually measured that pod. We, we had one particular pod that um, we did include in the photo, and we measured it at 14 and a half inches long. Which is not a, a good... Honker. Right. It's That's not a good thing when it comes to okra, if you want to eat the okra. If you want to bat somebody over the head with it, uh, that might be a good thing. So the cautionary tale is that it's really not a good idea to leave a garden for six or seven or eight days the way we did um, and give it no attention at all. So we thought we would sort of run through the various things that were growing in the garden and talk about what happened when we left them alone that way. Right. And, and you know, not every development was bad, not because it was neglected, but in spite of the fact that it was, it was neglected. Um, so let's talk about what's out there. Well, Start with the, the um, coal crops, the, that is the uh, brassicas that we had planted before, and those were covered with um, some uh, row cover to help keep the insects off. Those were doing fine. There is one row cover that had blown away. We've had a good bit of wind, and not blown away, but it blew off at one end, and I went back and reattached that. But I'm going to have to keep an eye on it because I did see a moth in there, one of those moths that may have been laying some eggs <laughs> so we're we're going to keep an eye on those but it's it's late enough in the year it's probably almost time to remove the row cover anyway exactly i think the risk is pretty small for the brassicas they seem to have done fine uh being neglected and that's one of the nice things about fall gardens is that you know things move a little more slowly so you can be a little more relaxed about right. things we had some rutabagas that were not covered and they seem to be doing fine i can tell that they've grown since i left um Lettuce has grown. Some of it actually was bolting, which is not a good thing. But uh, actually, some of it tastes, I have some red sails and, a, and some of the butter crunch tastes pretty good already. So we'll have that in a salad and see how, it, how it tastes. Um, another good thing was that um, the peppers that were growing, 
so far, I saw very few that looked as if they were over the hill or rotten. They just uh, kept on keeping on, and some of them are large. I had harvested them uh, pretty thoroughly before I left. I took some out to Joe and Michelle, um, and they enjoyed them. We all enjoyed them while I was out there. And uh, so now I have a new crop of, of peppers that are coming along well. Um, tomatoes. I have some tomatoes that... Um, I'm, not that you would have picked them while I was gone anyway, but because I guess I left the plants alone and th there were some tomato plants that I had planted early in the summer that actually have gotten to looking pretty bad. Uh, lots of brown, dying leaves. You've but, heard the expression fired up. These are really fired up yeah, tomatoes. Yeah, but there are some spots in which there are new tomatoes growing on the vines that look really good. And so far, I'm knocking on wood, the bugs have not eaten them away. Um, the newer tomato plants that I put out, mi mixed results. The Illini Gold, which is my little strange plant because I actually started it from a seed in the ground, which is very difficult. Direct seeding. Direct seeding, which is not the recommended uh, method of seeding tomatoes. But it, again, it was just a long shot. There are actually tomatoes forming on that plant, so... It looks pretty good. And you're still getting cucumbers from those awful-looking cucumbers in 13. There were some, but I am pretty sure I'll probably pull that bed in the next couple of days. That would be welcome. It just had a few, but mostly... They look it, awful. Yeah, weeds are growing around them. But yes, I harvested enough that we can put in salad and enjoy for the next couple of days and then say adieu to our cucumbers. Um, same with the... Uh, and this is not because it's neglected. It's just because I failed to remove that crop before I left. But the cantaloupes and watermelons just look awful. That's just a and and the watermelon that did grow on the vines split, I which saw has that. been the problem that I had. Very small. Very small. They're splitting, and I think we can determine it's not too much. It's not the intense heat in this case. They shouldn't have been overwatered. No. I wouldn't think. We haven't so we had. We don't a, know why they're. We splitting. don't really know. That's a mystery, and I'm I'm going to have to struggle next year with what to do about the watermelons. Um, the three sisters messes down there. I'm kind of glad I left them because I harvested a whole lot of green beans from the sprawling. You know, we had mentioned that the, all the corn fell over, and so the green beans are just going everywhere. We actually had a full meal of green beans before I left town, and I went back down there. Now this is a, a product of your your neglect, but some of the beans are overly large, so we will probably end up shelling those and treating them like peas and even maybe saving seed from a few of those. Okay. Um, and what's interesting about the Three Sisters is because the corn has collapsed and the beans have taken over everything, it basically looks like a mound of beans now instead of a right. trellis. Yeah, well, there is no trellis. Um, yeah. There are some squash and pumpkins that are still growing out there in that Three Sisters, and I'm inclined to leave them and see how they do. They're sprawling all over the ground, but it's so late in the year that you don't necessarily need to mow that much, so uh, we'll just see what we get from that. And your purple hull peas? Purple hull peas are on the, some of them are over the hill and should have been harvested last week, but um, but I'll still probably take those and dry them and s store for seed saving. Uh, there are some that, though, will be uh, welcome to uh, prepare for peas this week. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yes, we had harvested the sweet potatoes. So luckily, no harm, no foul on that. They, they're curing now. But we harvested those right before 
probably since the last podcast in which I participated True. because we took them out of the ground. It was funny. We had been, we had noticed that they were protruding out of the ground and it was time to get them. So we had a very good crop once again this year of sweet potatoes. A lot of them were large. And they're curing <laughs> on the floor of the root cellar right now. And we'll probably pick them up off the floor and put them in baskets a week and a half or so from now. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, let's go ahead and talk about your okra. What shape did you find <laughs> it in other than the fact that there were some pods well, too big? Well, I certainly was not surprised that when it's not picked, the pods get too large. There were a few new decent-sized okras on the okra uh, fruit on the plants and of course they're continuing to flower they are way too tall and so the ones that the plants that had a huge okra pod on the top just fell over they're i mean these are plants that are probably 12 feet tall that are just falling over into the ground with big trunks yes you would think okay that's a stout trunk it's not going to be knocked over but these are toppled over with the weight of the fruit the, and the trunks are not stout at the top they they may be stout at the bottom, but they get thinner and, yeah. and more um, vulnerable to falling over. But then, you know, they kind of sprang back up when I cut those huge okra pl- pods off. Um, so that certainly was um, probably the largest, the, the the most noticeable fiasco of the whole neglect thing. <laughs> <laughs> that and the fact that weeds, of course, are springing up in many of the beds and uh, the ones that haven't been mulched. But... Again, a couple of them are beds that I plan to dig up anyway. All that cucumber, you know, I'm taking that up, and I'll just dig the weeds up along with it. Okay. And I'll plan to be uh, putting some cover crop in some of those beds pretty soon. I'll be taking delivery of some lupin, hopefully in the next few days, from my friend Dr. Edward, Edzard Van Santen. Um, so, and he's at Auburn. So lupin is my go-to fall cover crop. I'm looking forward to getting that in the ground. Good. And uh, I have uh, received some uh, cover crop seed for experimental purposes from Cover Crop Solutions. And I may ask you if I can put some of mine in a bed or two as well. Sure. I'm, I'm game for just trying to see what, you know, what grows the best and what does the best job of uh, controlling the weeds and uh, holding the soil, adding nutrients back and that kind of thing. Out on the orchard, we are down to two fruits now. Well, we still have a few figs, but they're catch-as-catch-can. There's really not a crop, so to speak, from the figs. It's just kind of a a few um, figs bringing up the rear. Uh, the, The two crops that are still out on the trees are the muscadines, which have basically peaked, but we still have some that are not yet ready to pick. So um, we'll be picking them probably within the next week and a half or two weeks. And maybe making some muscadine jam again. Yay! And the persimmons. And the persimmons are looking great. We've already talked about them. Um, They're at that stage now where they're nice and orange, and you can see them a, a long way away because they're so beautiful. They really are, and we need to get those picked before they get to be too squishy and over the hill. Now, here's another product of my being gone. Um, I probably would have been out there picking them, or at the very least, when I see some that are over the, as you would say, over the hill. They're just very, they're more squishy, but I still think that fruit is usable. Maybe you do, you don't think in a jam or a jelly, but to make a dessert or something of that nature, a topping for ice cream, 
that fruit is so delicious. But you t- you informed me that the three of the persimmons that you thought were um, past the pr- their prime, you just composted them. And I thought, what a waste. If I, I like been I here, said, I've been bad. If I had been here, we would have made some use of those persimmons because they're just uh, too valuable, especially since our trees aren't all that large. And what, two of the trees are not really producing anything. Correct. Two of the six. Yeah. But the the other four are producing well and uh, getting better each year. So I, I feel good about future years. And boy, they sure do make delicious fruit. Right. And back to the vegetable garden, there are some, some um, plants that are continuing to do well that I'm leaving alone for right now. I have some onion chives. In fact, I harvested a few of those that I can put on uh, baked potatoes. I um, We have some horseradish out there that is not due to be harvested until after it freezes the first time and we'll harvest that root and I can actually you know grate that up and freeze it and have fresh horse horseradish I know you're not a fan but I am I love horseradish in very small doses I can enjoy a little horseradish the in general I think you and I have a different philosophy on those pungent spices I would like just a pinch of it and I enjoy it you tend to want more of it than I do. So I, I recoil from it when you use it. So you think, oh, Lee doesn't like it at all. It's just that I like it in much smaller doses mm-hmm. than you do. Right. But And I have some other herbs and spices and things that are growing around, out there, and they're, they're holding their own. Um, and I guess another one I might mention would be some Egyptian walking onions that I transplanted into a new location last year because of the vole problems. <clears throat> they're doing great. And you will be thrilled to know that the arugula still looks wonderful. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> that's that's another one of those that I like in very small doses, if at all. Right. Now, talk about your garlic. Well, I received the garlic in the mail right before I was ready to leave town. So I didn't have time to get that into the ground. But I have it now. I have three different types of garlic, and I'm hoping to plant that tomorrow. So maybe next week I'll talk about uh, the the update on that and how that's looking and um, and are you putting all three types in one bed or are you yes if they fit but obviously if I need to overflow I'm sure I'll give some of the garlic away I share garlic with people and um, you know and they share with me so it's kind of nice to do a little garlic swapping now and then but I will plant all of that and and I will plant an entire bed with garlic so um that's oh onions um. I have some seed to start, but I'm also going to keep looking at the local places like Farmer's Feed just to see if they have any transplants this year of the proper type of onions yeah, and get a head short start. Yeah, you a day variety and put them in the ground now, basically. Yes, now, now. And um, I also would love to get some more strawberries. I've got the strawberry plants that I transplanted into the garden from daughter plants this past spring, which really didn't bear much. No, they, they didn't. It was kind of pitiful. But they are now putting out new, their own daughter plants. So I, I want to leave those in the ground and see how they do. But I'd love to get a new crop going, too, just to ensure that I have good strawberries next year. Well, this is the month to do that, isn't it? Is, it? it is the month. My source of strawberries from the past has dried up. But I understand there's some good mail order places that I could maybe get. Some. Good. Let's do it. Yeah, we need to do that soon. So there's a lot to do now that I'm back from my visit to, to the West Coast. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself, but I did learn something that we 
again in the podcast today, I wanted to pass along to anyone who's wondering what happens when you leave a vegetable garden at the end of the summer, or early fall for almost a week and a half. Those thi- the things that happen are not good, largely. But I have to leave with one little positive remark, which is I've been harvesting my bell peppers when they turn green, and some of them have sort of gone to red. But I looked out there today, and I found the most beautiful, bright red, completely healthy, intact, perfect red bell pepper. And I harvested it thinking, okay, if I'd been here last week, I would have pulled it. So it had a chance to turn red, and um, I should be thankful that you neglected it, right? I did that just for you. Thanks. (laughs) Well, thank you for being with us today. Uh, We'll have more updates for you next week, and we hope that you have a good week. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.